Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. Thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the Rad Reality Show Network. It's October 13, 2016. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I'm... So happy to announce that our host, Michael Albright, has a great show planned for you tonight with guest Ryan Kaiser and a possible surprise guest as well. Um, We'll find out about that in just a few minutes. But if you'd like to call in tonight with questions or comments, or if you'd just like to talk about last night's episode, call in at 1-347-237-5506. And most importantly... Remember to press the number one key on your phone once you're on our switchboard. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's bring up our host and get this party started. Here is his intro. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is Survivor. Hey, Sherry, I'm doing great. It's nice to be in my office and not um, in a car heading to Cleveland for an awesome charity event and fun weekend. Uh, It's nice to be 
here and uh, not running around like a maniac. I'll, I'll miss not seeing all my friends and uh, all the reality stars I got to see last weekend, but I'm glad to be here and in some normalcy. So how was your week? Pretty good, pretty good. Not as eventful as yours, um, but okay. I believe I have your lovely friend on mic as well. Um, oh, great. And I just briefly want, before we get started on Survivor, I want to mention a post that I saw on your Facebook page. Can we talk about that for just a minute before we get started on Survivor? Sure, I post like crazy. Which one are you talking about, Sherry? Your your event that you're getting ready to do in 48 hours. Oh, for sure. Um, your marathon. Relay for, Relay for Life is an event I've been involved in since I worked at another institution called... Um, Wright State, which is here in uh, central Ohio, but it's sponsored by the American Cancer Society, and it's typically in the spring, and our campus is moving our event to October this year, so the good thing is I'll be able to finally go to Reality Rally, Jillian's event in Temecula, but what we're doing is 12 hours of the time, uh, one member of your team needs to be walking the entire time, and I've made the vow this, this time, last year I walked 16 miles in April, and my goal in two days is to walk 26.2 miles or a full marathon over the 12-hour period. I've strategized my course, my my uh, nutrition for the day, and as long as I average 2.183 miles uh, during the hour, I'll be fine, and I hope to do more like three miles an hour to start with, and then the last few, we only have to do two uh, two miles an hour and uh, knock out the 26.2. I just can't wait to do it, and I, I'm shocked that uh, the transition I've gone through in 16, 17 months, and I can't even – I would have had trouble driving 26 miles a year ago, and now I'm going to be you know, walking 26 miles. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm fundraising. We, um, we're raffling off an apartment on campus in a single room, and I'm – you know, begging my friends. I've been getting donations online and in person, and uh, you've made a vow, Sherry. I saw on there. What what what'd you vow to do? Well, my husband and I do- donated a dollar a mile, um, and I just have to say I'm so proud of you. I, I mean, we're not donating a lot, but every little bit helps. And you know, I challenge other other reality stars out there other podcasters out there to match it, you know, match that dollar per mile. Do this you for heard life. it right there, folks. The gauntlet's been laid. Uh, what can you do? Can you out donate? Can you out walk? Uh, any support would be great. There's a lot of good podcasts. I'll, I'll message uh, uh, David and Dennis from uh, Survivor D&D. Uh, Dwayne, shit, sorry, Dwayne. Wow, I got a free shirt. I made to make sure I plug that right. Rob Sesternino, he can sure talk, but let's see if he can walk. Um, That's right. And I'll be, let's get I'll be coming to you live. From, yeah, Wilmington College's campus. And it's going to be a busy day. We're also selling pizza rolls and, like I said, the raffle. So typically our group raises the most money on site. So I hope that tradition continues. I think we've got that streak for the past six years or seven. So we hope to continue that. You know, a lot of these podcasters make money on their podcasts. This is the Red Reality Show never, ever, ever has a commercial. 
and we never ask our listeners for a dime. We don't we don't ask for anything um, from our listeners, and we don't play commercials. So this is one podcast you won't hear any of that. You won't be interrupted by a commercial if we're having great conversation between Mike and a survivor. You won't be interrupted by a commercial, and you won't hear us saying, please send us money. We don't do that. So we we pay for this show. We pay to yeah. keep this show on ongoing. And so I'm not donating a lot, but... I am challenging those podcasters out there who are making money on their podcast to at least match me. You heard it, put, folks. Let's put, do what you can do. Put that money out there. Put your he's money where your mouth great, is. He's done a great thing. In one year's time, he's transformed himself. And what is, what yep. is the amount of weight you've lost so far, Mike? Uh, as of the show airing right now, last night I was at 251.8 pounds, so right at about 269, oh maybe a little more. So, yeah, 269 pounds in six months. I've lost an ob- obese American, so it's insane. Uh, I worked out last night, and I worked out tonight, too. I was filming a survivor application video and talking while I was lifting. So, yeah, I'm just trying to tone up and tighten up this extra skin because... You know, when you lose 270 pounds, you don't just lose fat. You lose muscle and everything else. I didn't lose much skin, though, so I'm trying to get rid of that and tighten it up. I'm just... Go ahead, Isabella. Hi, sorry. I didn't know I was in. My bad. Hi. Good to hear from you again. You were yes, also yes. on our week. We had a great weekend adventure, Sherry, involving uh, reality TV and some stops that had not a damn thing to do with reality TV. So we got to get to Rhode Island and see Maine and oh, hang out with Bob, Peggy, and Paige Crowley and stay there for wow. about, I don't know, nine hours. So it was fun to see them and and raise a lot of money for Bullies Reality and bowl and do all kinds of fun stuff. So we'll talk about a little bit more, but... Great to hear you on here, babe. Thanks. You're welcome. Your guest is on our switchboard, so I don't want to make him wait too much longer. Um, you want me to go ahead and bring him up? Please do. Okay, we have with us Ryan Kaiser. Let's bring him up. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much hey, for waiting how's for it going? us. Welcome, Ryan. Um, I. Got to meet you over the course of the spring via our casting process for the Durham Warrior Survival Challenge. And uh, when we were getting the casting stuff together, you're, we had to, I had to put your application, I think, in a six-point font to make sure we could get it all on there because you had a lot to say. But you brought yeah, it I mean, in June kind of when you got out there because <laughs> talk about why you wanted to play in uh, DWSC and uh, what was it like and what was your experience? Oh, I mean, like, I don't even know where to begin. It was, it was by far, like, just as a, you know, lifelong Survivor fan, like, the coolest thing ever. I mean, it's, you know, four days condensed version of the show, and, you know, you really feel like you're really in the moment, in the game, just like you would be if you were on the actual show. Um, I really, I mean, you kind of, 
coming out on top to make it all the way to the end, you know, you really could, I really couldn't have asked for anything more from the experience. Just, you know, meeting all the different people and different fans, meeting some former players, uh, definitely my highlight of the summer and one of the highlights of my life so far. What was your uh, what was your preparation process? Because if the, if the listeners don't know, I think the results are out there, and we haven't shown the sent the videos out, but the people know what happened. So you got out there and you dominated the game and won eight to zero to zero, similar to <laughs> Cochran did in Caramoan, uh, exact same results there. So what was your game plan going into this thing? And did, did you have it all laid out or did things come together during the course of the game? Like walk us through that. Cause I, you're the most dominant winner we've ever had. And uh, we really appreciate you. Plus you're a great survivor fan and a great analyst and you blog, I think about the show too. That's why I asked you to do this. Mm-hmm. But what was, what was that journey like from Thursday to Sunday? And how did you, how did you win this thing? You know, really, it really, I've always thought that Survivor is more about the social game than anything else. And I think that I really kind of proved that to me and to probably everyone watching, too, that, you know, just connecting with people and building relationships from the get-go, um, always being aware that you're in the game, so don't, you know, lose sight of the fact that, you know, you have to be lining people up and as either friends or enemies, um, you know, just kind of doing what you can to position yourself better in your tribe and later once you get to the merge, you know, make sure your alliance is the one that's going to be controlling the rest of the game. And it's really the biggest thing. I didn't really, as far as, like, prep going into the game, uh, I'm probably, like, a bad person to ask. I really don't really – I really didn't do much. Um, you know, I'm in decent physical shape, so I didn't, like, overtrain. Um, and, you know, just really just having watched the show, I kind of knew how to play the game, what strategy works, which ones don't. So I really just, you know, went in – focusing on the social aspect of getting people as quickly as I could, getting myself an alliance relatively soon, and then just maintaining those relationships throughout the game and kind of building new ones as they went along. So the biggest thing, too, is just being able to adapt to the situation. And um, luckily for me, things kind of played out pretty well. I didn't to do too much moving back and forth or jumping ship or anything like that. But, um, you know, I was always ready. I was always thinking many steps ahead versus just where I was at. So just kind of always being conscious of, what's happening now, what's going to happen, and how you're going to make your next move. Awesome. And you went in as a fan of the show, and there were six past survivors that were among the cast. Who are you most excited to see, and who did you work the best with out there in uh, Durham, Maine? Uh, I was actually probably most excited to see Twyla Tanner, just because it's been forever since she's been on our TV screens. And frankly, it's one of the people I wish has been on our TV screens lately, and even more so after playing with her in Durham. Um, so I was really fortunate to work with her and get to play with her. There were some other, um, the other five were Spencer Bledsoe, uh, Jason from Kaurang, uh, Nina Acosta, Purple Kelly, and then uh, Matt Bishop, who was actually playing a second time. Um, so those are the six that we got to play with. It's actually funny because I'm, I'm a huge cast fan. So I, when I saw Spencer, I'm like, oh, great. My least favorite. <laughs> what are my least favorite from <laughs> the past couple of seasons? So Yesterday was Twyla's birthday. I mean, I just, What's that? Yesterday was Twyla's birthday, so happy belated it birthday was. to Twyla. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I forgot to so put anyway, a message was... up for her. I feel bad, but I'll definitely send her something or a text uh, tonight, I hope. So, sorry, Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, no, Twyla's awesome. You can talk about her forever. Uh, so, anyway, that's what I was saying. Is it was kind of ironic that I ended up on a tribe with Spencer and Twyla, and I really clipped up well with both of them. I mean, Spencer, like, extremely well. You know, you kind of, you kind of separate the whole – 
image of him that I had from the show and just get to know him as a person. And he's like a really cool person. So I was really kind of fortunate to have that experience to get to know him in a, you know, non survivor atmosphere, even though you're playing survivor, you know, you're kind of learning about and getting to know each other on a like a lot more personal level than what you would otherwise get to have. For sure. And uh, Spencer gave me a good compliment later, later that summer when he was talking to me saying our, he really enjoyed our production values and really enjoyed the confessional stuff, which was a nice thing to think because we spent a lot of time out there with you guys, uh, one to capture that part of the game because the challenges for me are important, but I, the stuff that we do behind the scenes with, you know, casting you guys and the confessionals and, the, you know, when he voted the tribal council, it was a nice compliment to get that he said I was, I was just as good as people he did work with at SCG and a little better. So I thought that was a fun compliment <laughs> yeah, it, from him. It's kind of unfortunate, like with the timing of it all, we can't have more confessionals throughout the day or in between different challenges. Kind of just, there's so much going on that we kind of set them all for the evening, but no, I, I definitely enjoyed that aspect as well. Like, like I said, it felt, felt very, very real and felt like as I was doing the real thing, so I couldn't have asked for a better experience. So after playing our game and winning, we, we had this new season of Survivor, Millennials versus Generation X. So what going into that, what was your just reaction to the whole, you know, theme? We've had, you know, gender divisions before, racial divisions, and even age divisions before. So how did you feel going into this season, and how do you feel now that we're five episodes in, or four episodes well, in, and in the fifth? It's, it's funny because you know they've done this before with like the young versus old back in Nicaragua, and it's almost kind of like they kind of almost made the audience forget that that was like that's been done before. But I think they approached the casting of this one a lot differently too, where they really, um, you know, as far as like the younger tribe went, they went like they felt like they were much younger than the group that we had on the Lafleur tribe back then. So typically, I root for the uh, I'll say like the wiser people, they're not not as young. Um, on the show, I think I just because I mean I think the the younger crowd tends to be a little stupider, just less um, game savvy, maybe like a little bit more annoying. So I, I was anticipating kind of rooting for the Gen X tribe after watching the cast videos, especially after the premiere. You know, I kind of I guess as a millennial myself, I kind of got almost like a little defensive whenever you had the Gen X tribe talking about how the you know all, the, all these millennials don't know what they're doing or they everything handed to them in life. So I kind of almost related to the millennials more and the, you know, we're not, we're not all bad. I mean, yeah, there's some stereotypes out there, but you know, after, after kind of watching a little bit of, again, the videos in the first episode, I was ready to kind of see the millennials kick some ass. And so far they've done pretty much just that. <laughs> I was talking to my students about that cause I'm generation X cause I was born in 79. So I'm right on the cusp, but I work with a lot of millennials and gen X and baby boomers and everything. And I asked my students, how many graduations did they have? going through school because i said we had the one in the end of 12th grade and one of my students said that they had five graduations <laughs> over the course of his uh k through 12 so how many graduations did you have mr millennial ryan kaiser i just i went to a smaller school so i only had two i had one from eighth grade and then one from uh year high school going to college so just two that's not too bad and i i know when uh no, I, I think i think that's pretty standard nowadays Okay, well that's cool, but I don't know what the hell they were doing with five graduations at this. this yeah, I mean, I guess it's younger than both of like us. Maybe right? like preschool, kindergarten, maybe like fifth grade, eighth grade, twelfth grade, but yeah, that's that's that's, that's kind of excessive. <laughs> well, going into this season, um, once you saw those cast videos, was there uh, any millennials that you really resonated with, or Generation X? And then now that we're going into the fifth week, um, were those initial reactions the same or different? So where did you stand with the cast, and where do you stand now? 
I, I thought the casting did like a really great job with the millennials. Like I said, the, a lot of those were dynamite. Um, a couple of favorites that I had going before the premiere, uh, my pregame probably picked to win. Also just kind of fan favorite was Mari. I just, you know, I'm a big video gamer, so mm-hmm. I kind of related to that and kind of loved her energy. And I, I know in one of her videos, she mentioned that she, you know, wanted to play like a villain or was open to playing like a villain. So I, I kind of appreciate the villains more. So I was really hoping we'd see a lot of that from her. I mean, and she had a big premiere, um, Unfortunately, did not last too long, so that's kind of a bummer. But as far as the other millennials go, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Zeke. Zeke's, you know, hilarious and um, yep. really brings a lot of energy to the show. And you know, I, Adam's another great one too. Being a super fan kind of brings a lot of knowledge and personality. Um, I'm really liking Michaela so far. All of her confessionals are gold. Um, but as, as far as like, the Gen X tribe go, I really wasn't. I didn't have someone who I was super invested in. Um, I guess going just off a of pregame, I was kind of like, oh, David seems kind of cool. Um, you know, he had an interesting story about kind of being just the guy who was really probably going to be way out of his element. And I kind of got to play out the first week of the show, which was kind of fun to watch. I've been a fan of David since the beginning, so now um, I think he's, he's, he's kind of got some more fans that's kind of come along as he's seen more of a player side of him versus just this paranoid kind of mess with a human being. But, um, but yeah, as far as what the Gen X tribe goes, I really didn't, I didn't really get like a or, you know, factor from anyone, particularly there. So I kind of definitely found myself rooting more for the Millennials tribe and the cast they had picked on that. That that, that makes sense. And I, 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 in general, I like Generation X more just overall, just because it's my group. But when you break <laughs> down the actual people on it, there's a lot of people I don't really like a whole lot. It's that, That's interesting. And the Millennials had a lot – I think they had more interesting – and dynamic characters as they were younger, they're going to pop off the screen. And we've seen they've, you know, won three out of the four immunity challenges, only losing the one. So even, and they're fractured a bit, but it's, it's interesting. But with the Gen X, yeah, I, I'd agree there. I didn't like David. I liked from the beginning. I like him a lot more now. Uh, we're kind of team Ken here at the rad reality show or, uh, yeah, Ken's, I, I feel we definitely, we like a lot. He's, He's one of our favorites, and uh, from the from the millennials, I guess I've, you know Zeke Zeke, you know the moment he spoke, he was pop, and I I'm surprised it took him to season 33 to find him, or they found him, yeah. or he found the show. Um, yeah, so I I would agree with that for sure. Well, breaking down this episode, you know we get off of uh, the Gen X going to tribal council, and we've got the tension because Jessica Sunday. And Lucy jumps ship on the, the their six pack alliance, and this the, the exchanges between Jessica and Chris were, you know, pretty interesting. Typical behave, typical conversation post a vote out. So, uh, I, I understand where Brett and Chris were coming from. I think Brett socially handled that a lot better. Chris seemed, you know, like he, he did. didn't <laughs> handle it well. What was your perspective on the first few minutes of the episode with that? Yeah, well, I always like the scenes where they go back to camp and, like, immediately kind of we get their reactions. I think there was, like, a week or two ago, there was none of that. I think it was actually maybe after the first Gen X vote, there was kind of just, we just skipped to the next day, which you're kind of, there's a lot of emotion going on there, a lot of tension. It's always kind of interesting to see that play out. But, yeah, I mean, I really wasn't surprised at how things went down. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think Brett played it off a little bit better. Just like, all right, you know, we'll move on from here. Well, I think Chris, I think he told Jessica, like, I don't want to talk to you right now, just kind of he's, very, you know, obviously upset with her and upset about the whole outcome, which, I mean, which is natural, you know, you kind of understand that mm-hmm. that's a natural reaction. But at the same time, it's, you know, the better players will keep that in check and kind of just 
you know, immediately get back to work and find out how they recover from being blindsided. Um, and, yeah, I was really interested to see kind of how the next day then Lucy just kind of came out of nowhere and tried to make a big move there. So that was definitely kind of an interesting little turn of events there. Yeah, she went from invisible to uh, very visible, and, you know, they the whole reason they were wanting to get rid of Paul was that he was a dictator, and then she immediately assumed the role, and her downfall ended up being just, you know, being too direct and telling people, telling Ken especially what she wanted to do, and I was tweeting about it. It came off to me as sexist. I didn't like how Lucy was saying how she should be able to talk to a guy. I'm like, if, a, if, a, if a, one of the guys had said something about how they should talk to a woman in the game. I think they would have had a totally different reaction. Sherry, where, where were you on there. how Lucy was talking to Ken and then Ken's reaction to that? Yeah, well, I really want to know if more of her personality that we saw this just last night was actually, you know, was that present the entire time and we just weren't seeing it? Because it seems like very bizarre that she would just out of nowhere kind of become that domineering or you know, dictator-type personality where, I mean, clearly I don't think she really, I almost think she all kind of just, like, stumbled into it. I think that whenever she was talking to Chris and Brett, she kind of just found herself stumbling into a conversation about getting rid of Jessica, and that kind of gave her the idea in her head of, yeah, I need to really, you know, now take, because now Jessica's the power player. I want to now suddenly be the person who's in control. And then she kind of just, the wheels were spinning there, and they just kind of spun out of control, I think, and she just tried to, talked to everybody you know, in a very condescending way and was telling them what to do versus asking and discussing what they should do next. I think she just went about it completely wrong. I think it would have been very easy for her to be in a pretty really safe position. I think she, she Jessica, and Sunday could have kind of continued to ride that middle position between the Chris and the Breck group and the Ken David CC group. And instead, she just kind of decided that, you know what, I'm going to take control, which I, I kind of respect to some degree to kind of, you know, play that way, kind of ball to the wall or just take charge, but she went about it, like I said, just completely wrong and, you know, obviously derailed her game, but I think she could have probably been a long-time or long-term player had she not, you know, opened her mouth. <laughs> I think she may have not opened up to start with, possibly, and they didn't have much to work with, or they wanted to kind of, this out of nowhere, you know, working to be the, that, you know, taking out Paul, but I think the vacuum of yeah, Paul being not there, she story. wanted to slide yeah. into it, I guess, I don't know. But almost immediately, Sunday, you know, that next day, she's got the regret. And it was kind of interesting, the indecision she had. Like, did we make a mistake? I feel really bad. Like, I cheated on somebody. Like, <laughs> it's a little different than, I mean, Sunday is just has a different perspective, I think. Because it's, that's the, the, I mean, you build these bonds with these people. But what had she known, Paul, for what was it, nine days, I think, or ten days? with the, Like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, you knew some people for four days, so I bet some of your votes were, were tricky, too. I've been in online games. I've never played a live-action survivor simulation. Yeah, so it is surprising how quickly you can kind of become attached to certain people or develop, you know, what you seem like very real friendships, and I am with which may also be. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I think it's kind of just that the whole experience that you're in, you're kind of all in together and um, stretch everything else in the outside world trying to, you know, literally survive. So I think it just kind of brings people together a lot quicker than you would. I mean, even, I mean, considering that you live with them 24-7, you know, 24 hours times 10 days, that's a super long, you know, substantial amount of time, you know, versus just meeting someone for like an hour, seeing them a couple weeks later, a couple hours, you know, it kind of just gets thrown into these new relationships pretty quickly. So it's no surprise that 
you kind of develop that closeness pretty early on. Yeah, I think Pascal back in Marquesas, it's one of my favorite quotes, was talking about uh, towards the end of that game for him, he was like, we're with these people 900 hours and it's more than <laughs> your family or your friends or anything. Yeah, I know that quote. Oh, I, I love that quote, and it's so true because even when you think about your – even your significant other or your family, you know, I know I don't spend – I haven't spent 900 hours with my significant other. I mean, we haven't been together for very long, but even my, like my mom, since I was, since I left the house or my, my sister or my dad, it's just, it's crazy. And that just, and then, and then there's no food, there's no water. It's a hundred degrees, 99% humidity. Everybody stinks and they're fighting for a million bucks. (laughs) And I can't believe there's not more blow ups and insanity there. So, but Lucy rose to the top. Sherry, what, as a, as a Gen X female, what was your reaction to how Lucy was interacting with Ken and other people? I <laughs> I thought it was really bold. I don't know if she was possibly intimidated by Paul, and once Paul was gone, she felt like she could sort of come out of her shell mm-hmm. or what, but she just exploded once he was gone. She was just like, you know, I am a woman, hear me roar, you know, <laughs> Once he was gone, and yeah, she just felt like she could just come out and take over, and holy crap, she, I don't know, she really stuck her foot in it, you know, Um, with Ken, it it was just like she was almost telling him, like, like she was his mom, okay, you can do this, and you're allowed to do this, and you can do that, you know, and you don't talk to a man like that, you know? You just don't. And mm-hmm. I could see why Ken would be pissed, you know? I mean, I say you don't talk to a man like that, but honestly, you, you don't talk to anybody that you don't know all that well and just start telling them what they can and can't do. And yep. the way she was telling him, you you can't go off by yourself and you... I, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. I would have been rubbed the wrong way, too. I would have not, like, if she, if she would have done that to me, I would have been pissed, too. Well, so I, I can understand I'm trying to think of a, a joke there, but I can't even think of something funny. But this is a lot, a lot of damn rules and, you know, with all these stipulations. It was just the, the social component to that. I just was shocked by how unaware she was about how somebody would react to having that much. And she's like, well, he's on the bottom. You should do whatever. I'm like, the, you got to keep people on the bottom with kid gloves. Cause you, they don't there. She's kids aware of where he was. That's why he wanted to make the move against Paul. So don't continue to, you know, you know, focus, focus on that. Yeah. You're on the bottom. So you're going to do exactly what I say. Like, huh? Like, where's, I just don't get the logic there at all. I never know. Like really was no logic there. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like it. And I I was you know we we're kind of putting the cart before the horse's ass, but I was glad to see what happened to Lucia. We thought it would play out great, and we'll get to some of that later on. We'll go a little more chronologically. But the um, over at the millennial camp, huh? Oh yeah, see, we got there a was still challenge. the reward challenge. But before we get there, because I think it sets up. Because we, we got a tease with Adam and the Idol before, and uh, then we get, they're they're hunting the pig or goat. I was a little confused because they were talking about a pig. Then they showed a goat, so I don't know if they're delirious or there was a pig and a goat. 
<laughs> anyone, I was trying to take notes during this, and neither of you catch, catch that better. Was there a pig too, or did they hear it? Thought they heard a pig? Because I saw no, it. I, I, like, I think they were just out of their minds, or maybe wishful thinking there was a pig. <laughs> well, yeah, they saw um, Princeton in the the sand or the the dirt or whatever, and one of them was saying they thought it was a a pig, and I think that's where the pig came in. Was they they thought it was pig tracks and then they look up and there's a goat standing on top of the mountain there and they're like uh, there's a goat and so they all decide to run up the back of the mountain and try to catch the goat and I, at this point I think they'll eat anything on four legs or or anything in the ocean, or anything they can eat. <laughs> and maybe there are a lot of super. There are some super fans on both tribes, so maybe the millennials are just focused on the pig from Australia, and like maybe it's a pig, maybe it's a pig. And I think there might have been pigs in Fiji, if I can recall. So and it'd be natural yeah, to think. I, if I was on an island, I think I'd think pig first, Lord of the Flies, like Piggy, and there were actual pigs there. And you know, the first thing I would want to eat is not a goat either. So. But while that's all going on and they're all focused on whatever animal it ended up being, which was a goat, Adam gets the immunity idol clue and I was I thought that was cool and I was I was glad he at least found the clue versus um David just found the weird coconut and his was a, a you had to find the shell with the the tribe insignia on it. So I thought that was a little better that at least he found it in the right order. And I'm glad that he did and I, I it was emotional watching him, you know, break down because, you know, I'm doing a cancer walk in two days, so and cancer's affected my life. It's probably affected both of your lives. So seeing his emotional reaction, mm-hmm. plus knowing he's on the bottom of his group, I really I, – I, my I liked Adam before, but after this episode with that and then what happens later when he actually found the idol – you know, Adam's definitely rising up in people I like from the Millennials. He's probably first or second for me on the Millennial Tribe for, for who I like. So what do you guys think of that? It's funny yeah, you said I, that I would agree. It's kind of a, a Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree that, you know, that was a cool scene to kind of have him have that moment. Um, you know, like it's, like you said, it, it was kind of hard to watch. I mean, I've, you know, also had people in my life, you know, affected by cancer, Um Especially knowing um, you know, that he wanted his mom to watch him, and it was kind of like it's almost like they're dream together, and you kind of know that. Um, I mean, maybe you don't know, but she actually did pass away several months ago. I think after he got back, or shortly after, so it's kind of hard knowing that too. Um, but wow, time, I wasn't you know, aware of that. Well, thanks for that information. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think wow. it's, it's, um, it was posted on his uh, his Facebook page that uh, she passed away. I think back in May. So, like I said, shortly after the show, but I mean, I'm hoping at least he got home to tell it all about the experience. So it's like I said, it's kind of just tough knowing, having that in my mind and watching it play out. Um, you know, that's definitely, definitely an emotional moment of the show for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm like I said too, yeah, I was rooting for him before, but now even more so just after that kind of moment. Wow. As soon as they aired that, I looked at my husband and I said, okay, I'm team Adam now. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I mean, he really, affected me 
when he broke down out there and talked about his mom and how his mom was a super fan as well. And he just wanted to, you know, make his mom happy with this experience and how it was one of the most, you know, happiest experiences of his life, but also one of the hardest experiences of his life. And to combine those two has to be putting him in such turmoil out there, you know, knowing his mom is so sick back home, but knowing that, you know, he's giving her a gift of seeing him on Survivor and doing these things is bringing her joy. You know, it's got to be emotional turmoil for him. And so difficult. I, I... I was I had tears in my eyes and I I was just at my husband and I was like yep I'm Team Adam from now on you know definitely that tore me apart and I'm so sorry to hear that his mom did pass but glad that she did get those moments that you know he was able to get for her out there on Survivor I mean that's just so sad. It just sucks she didn't get to watch it, but I guess, you know, they're not supposed to talk about the show, but I imagine he told her some of that stuff so she they could, she could you know, have those, that joy up until, you know, May. And I think, did she, so they taped this, what, March and April, I think? I should Yeah, I, should I, think, they, I think they got back, like, maybe the first, like, couple first days in May, I believe. Okay. Coming. So hopefully they got to interact about it at some point, so... She could at least know some things without getting to see it. But, wow. Um, but, uh, so that was an emotional thing. And we go into the reward challenge. And uh, something similar. I think we haven't seen this exact thing before. Some some challenge is kind of close to this. You know, race to the ring, and you got to get your ring back to your flagpole. Pretty simple. Uh, pretty high stakes, I know, for high stakes. That was not a pun intentionally, but for steak, sausage, um, veggies, and spices, you could use later on other stuff you're cooking, like a goat and uh, the grill. So that was a big, big prize. And um, how hungry were you, Ryan, in uh, our game? Did you were you properly fed? Did you feel were you hungry going into Sunday, or how were Honestly, you? Honestly, you know, really, and not at all. I mean, I think I had like a huge lunch the first day before the game actually started. It might have been, like, Thursday afternoon, and we had a little bit of food the day later, Friday. But it really wasn't so much the hunger that was affecting me. It was just the sleep deprivation. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a light guy anyway, so, like, you know, food's not really the biggest part of my life. But I, mean, I could probably yeah. go without it for a while. Um, yeah, really, I mean, I wasn't really affected by the hunger. It's more like I more just being super tired and exhausted. Okay. But over 39 days is probably a different story than over four. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and there were, what, three times the time you you guys were out there by the time this happened. So that's a huge reward, and, and I wasn't entirely sure. I was thinking, though, that, you know, going into it, I thought Gen X had the more, the more or uh, the Millennials had more athleticism, but I was looking at those guys on Gen, Generation X, and they're just bigger, you know, Chris and... Um, <laughs> there's a, uh, there's means- a great confessional... Um, Secrecy and confessional from Michaela. I think probably just extended from what she was saying, but she. I think the quote was something like, 
you know, the Gen X have got these like three, like three Goliaths, and but then there's also this itty bitty guy who's referring to David. So, um, kind of, I think the first out of the gate was Chris and David kind of paired up. So it's kind of a funny little juxtaposition there, seeing them kind of stand side by side and just like see how. I don't know if it's, if it's just David being such a smaller guy or Chris being like a huge guy or maybe just a little both. But I, yeah, I, mean, I think Chris, kind of a combination of both. But I made that biblical reference in a couple of tweets, like yeah, David and Goliath, and together, <laughs> who knows what would happen in the in the original story there? But we David and Chris, you know, took down Jay and Adam, so definitely a mis- mismatch there. Uh, and then we go to the girls, and it's Sunday and Cece, and I was kind of. I was hoping they'd do well, but I was like, this doesn't seem like an extremely strong matchup. And that was against, uh, I'm trying to read my notes. Was it Figgy and Michaela or Figgy and Michelle? Yeah. No, Michelle sat out. Michaela. Michaela. I think Michaela was up first. Yeah. Yeah. Michaela's the one that showed the tatas. Yeah. She's, uh, did the tatas come off then or later? Was that that? Uh, Second second time she was out. Yeah, I was but, for it, I remember. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do if uh, my 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 swimming suit came off. It definitely wouldn't be a top, but uh, huh. Kayla let it all hang out and helped her in both of her heats against Sunday and Cece, then later against you know Jessica and Lucy. You know, Michaela's hey, I think they should have played Michaela more because Michaela's two times they won. She won with Figgy and she won with. Uh, with Hannah, the guys, on the other hand, just got their butts kicked. We got a Chris-David combination that won. Then Brett and Ken were very dominant. And then uh, David and Chris came back, and I thought it might be a little different. You know, Zeke's a, he's kind of short, but he's a little he's the stockiest of the uh, millennials. But they go down, and Gen X wins. And... Uh, you know, they were excited, and the, the millennials were definitely down when that happened. And uh, but they, it was fun watching them come back and talk about. I think Zeke, I've got you know reward nightmare of being against you know Chris's three of me, and we got demolished. And he said, but Michaela was like an Amazon woman, uh, and that's true, you know. And she did the bathing suit. She just rips the sucker off. I didn't. I was worried she was. They weren't going to find it, but I guess a producer, a scuba diver, somebody. You know, grabbed her top. We're not going to have Michaela blurred the rest of the season. So that's <laughs> probably <Family show. laughs> at the family show. This is uh, CBS prime time, so we don't want to see those tatas all season. Um, maybe I, I kind of do. Maybe I don't know. Maybe CBS will be the best. Um, but my, I, but Adam goes back out. And, he has another opportunity to go find the thing, and he finds a shell, and it took him forever. But my, I love just Hannah. I call Sophie White or Sophie Junior. She comes over and she's like, "How's your idol search going?" And Adam just plays it off, you know, really well. And she's like, "Good luck, buddy." And she's just so oblivious to what's going on around her. Yeah, it's it's funny how Hannah's always there when no one wants her to be. <laughs> Oh, yeah, when various things are occurring, Hannah's right there, and just, um, I still can't believe uh, Michelle was able to talk her into what happened on that other episode with Mari, but, you know, she finds it, then we get the super breakdown for Adam, but he's got the idol, and it's good for him, because he's in a not-best position. We've got the two showmances, the Triforce plus, um, the Triforce plus Michelle, 
and Will's in with them, and Michaela seems to be. So I'm glad that they, the, the minority group has some power to work with, and I'm curious how they're going to use this because I'm, I'm not sure. It's got, I'm curious what the challenge will be for what the millennials lose. Plus, on the next time on Survivor, it looks like some things are shaking up anyway. So from what, what I know about Season 34, I'm just fascinated by you know, who's in control and who's not and who can go farther. So we won't spoil because we're a spoiler-free entity, but I'm glad Adam has the idol and David has the idol. And um, we're back at the uh, Gen X group, and, and, you know, we get Lucy, kind of the fall of Lucy continued, and they're going back and forth, and she's talking to them. Yeah, I thought we kind of had, like, a little lack of multiple stories going on this week. I think you kind of had, like, the millennials was mostly Adam finding the idol, and the Gen X is kind of mostly just the rise and short or quickly fall of Lucy for the most part. Yeah, I was curious why maybe she felt Jessica has the power. Maybe we didn't see some of why she thought that, but it was interesting instead of going for, you know, Chris or Brett or even going back and weakening, you know, going for Cece or something else, she went right for Jessica. It would help her and Jessica and Sunday had worked together to get Paul out. So I just found it fascinating that she wanted to target Jessica and and David's like, Jessica? Okay. And he was just kind of like, and then that's when Ken just goes off on this list of rules and regulations. Hmm. Don't do this. And we went from one dictator to another. And yeah, I was, Ken, Ken can I actually, I like Ken a lot, but he can, he can kind of have like a short fuse. Like you say the wrong thing to him or rub him the wrong way and like, man, he's, he's against you. I like that. He pulls no punches and he supports himself. I was worried though because he went right to Jessica and I was surprised that you know, she was trusting enough to work with work with him to get rid of Paul and her reaction to finding out that she's the target. She didn't believe it, then she goes right back to Lucy. And I'm like, I felt bad for Ken, but it ended up working out in the end with what David did. I was just curious and from a from a you know, pretty strong social and strategic player, if you had been in Jessica's shoes, how do you think you would have done the same thing? Well, how do you think you would have reacted different, Ryan, or Sherry as a as a viewer? Yeah, I would have definitely played it not the way she did. I would have probably asked Ken more questions and then kind of went to Lucy with a little bit more, um, I think, like, almost like just saying the fact that I was, like, out of the loop. I mean, kind of just, like, almost kind of ask her some questions that might trip her up or see if she was lying versus come out and outright say. Because obviously, you know, if you go straight to Lucy and say, hey, Ken told me you're going to vote me out, what's up with that? Like, how, how do you expect anything else but Lucy just playing the denial game and saying that never happened or that was a lie or Ken's lying, you know, to get defensive like that, where I think that Jessica kind of maybe fed her some information or maybe tried to ask her some leading questions that made her slip up. I think that would have been a smarter way to go versus just giving her easy opportunity just to, to deny everything, which is what she did. Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't like her approach, Sherry. Uh, what's your What's your feminine perspective on that? Do you have any thoughts or feelings? I would have. I I certainly wouldn't have put it the way she did. I would have gone to one of the other tribe mates and asked them, not Lucy. I wouldn't have gone to Lucy. I would have gone to one of the other tribe mates and said, you know, ask them, has Lucy? said anything to you about me and seen if 
they would have said, you know, yeah, Lucy told me to write your name down or Lucy told me, you know, you're going to be next or, you know. Um, I would have I would have tried to go that route. I don't think I would have gone directly to to Lucy with it. That just wouldn't have been me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would have gone to other people to see if they would have told me what Lucy had been saying. Yep. I agree. I I definitely wouldn't have approached it the way she did. I would have done it more on back back channels, I think, and try to get more intel and then see for sure what's going on there. Uh, the new immunity challenge, uh, very interesting um, event. Getting the bags and doing all that, and I was curious the strategy. I was a little worried. I I I, I was worried the Gen X didn't send their Lightest guy on all the rounds there. They sent, you know, Chris up and Ken the and then David made sense at the end, but it ended up working out for yeah, him at the beginning. Yeah, I was confused by that, too. I wasn't sure. I'm trying to think who the, the smallest would have been David, for sure. Um, but their strategy I mean, for us, like, I mean, and Lucy seems pretty athletic. I think she could have done well up there. I mean, you know, between I, – I definitely wouldn't have put Chris. I'm surprised he did that. I mean, Chris, obviously, just kind of like there alpha male who kind of excels at most of the challenges, but that seemed like a really bad one. So to be able to be lifting the heaviest guy, which just seems like kind of a mistake, but it ended up working out. I mean, they were, they were ahead of the millennials at that point. I guess I maybe mean, they think like maybe he has longer reach so he could kind of potentially reach pieces easier, but it's a lot more stress on people who are trying to pull his weight. Yep. And having that early lead and advantage didn't pan out because we get to this puzzle 30 letters, big puzzle, one of the biggest I can think of with individual stuff like that, but aside from maybe an individual challenge later, but over an hour, and I think, was it Zeke that finally got it together and figured out what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was first mentioned the somebody instead of someone. Yeah, somebody. Because, I mean, it was funny because they they had it. They had the, the lose their flame tonight. You know, it seems like almost seems like perhaps extra like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes. It took them like another half hour at least to just realize that that part was right. It's just the first word that was wrong. So they must have just went back to the drawing board and started from scratch and kind of lost that at one point. Well, if they had all the rest of that, I'm just fascinated. Maybe and I was seeing people tweet about it. I didn't go back. I only got to watch this episode once because I was shooting my own Survivor application this the afternoon. But um. Did they spell there wrong? And somebody had mentioned that on Twitter. Did you notice that? Uh, Brian, I didn't. Sherry? I thought I, I thought I saw it. They spelled it right, like T H E I R. Okay, I might be wrong. Well, I tweeted probe, so maybe I sound like an idiot. I'm somebody that's an idiot. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I, you, oh, you mean like you thought like the final? You thought like the final challenge, like the correct or quote unquote correct version, had it spelled wrong? I think the correct version might have had their spelled wrong, or somebody was somebody else tweeted about it, and I. Didn't go um, back and watch and get a screenshot to see. I, yeah, I don't know. Look. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if they screwed up that badly, but I don't know. Who knows? I, uh, it's hard to say. But, uh, yeah, so Chris took out Figgy, and Ken pretty much beat Michelle, and David was better than Michaela. But the puzzle was a whole other thing. So Gen X was um, going back to Tribal Council. Yet again, um, and it's it's hard to watch because we've had age divisions before, and like you mentioned in Nicaragua, uh, Espada just got their butts kicked by Lamina. When you look at the first time they did this in Panama, 
You know, the first tribe to lose was the older women, and the older guys weren't doing very well either. Um, so age division might not be the that, best. I think it actually played out the same way where in Nicaragua the old tribe lost first and the young tribe lost and the older tribe lost the next two, which is just how it played out here, which is kind of funny that that worked out the same way. At least these tribes are a little more balanced. When you go to Nicaragua, it was under 30 and over 40. And looking at that on paper, you know, even you yeah, got some rough. amazing <laughs> older players, but come on, that was the straight-up setup for the young folks to – to kick butt, I think, and I think they're one something similar here, and we're we're seeing that. You know, you get somebody like David who has an idol and makes the vote makes the vote live, as he said. But it's just curious. Um, the whole theme itself, I they're about to do a swap anyway. It, old young, just is one of those things. It's like a have and a have not. With in the original Fiji, that they had to roll with the punches when they switched from the racial division to. Hey, we're gonna give you uh, fancy dishes and a better camp, and then you know Moto destroyed Ravu's ass for <laughs> you know poor Mookie never even got to he was the original Rodney so he didn't get to do any rewards or anything fun so <laughs> I if this happens again producers please don't let it happen mix it up in some other way you know more blood versus water I'd even want to see Redemption Island I think before more age division just because. No, yeah, let's go that far. <laughs> well, that was more hyperbole than anything, but I think it's just bad, bad to have the age division because, you know, unless it's the challenge where you bust through the brick wall, I don't, you know, some of the the, the older folks are just having some ch- trouble. Maybe it's the particular people they cast, or maybe the millennials are just. Better yeah, I mean, I would, almost, I would attribute it more to casting. I I think the twist can work. I mean, it seemed like the first two episodes, you know, weren't bad. I think they just kind of, I mean, you know, the challenges have been like overly physical or overly mental where it favors one versus the other. I think it just kind of, you have some just overall weaker individuals on the Gen X tribe, or maybe they just don't, you know, mesh as well or click as well during challenges. So I, I, I wouldn't say the twist is, um, you know, doesn't work so much. I think the exact cast they had here didn't really make for such even tribes. I'd agree. Okay. So we're back at Gen X's camp, and they're still strategizing about, you know, what to do. And uh, I Lucy, just the air, the cockiness and the arrogance, and she's like, I'm like a tiger. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't like I didn't like I don't know if it was just Lucy. I didn't like her initial video. I didn't like her not saying anything. That we're, we're not, we weren't shown anything. You know, and then just this whole, I'm a, I'm like a tiger mom. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she's just <laughs> talking about what works at her house is going to work out here. And I'm like, this sounds just like what happened to Paul. Like I, and amazingly, I'm, I'm shocked and I had no spoilers, but I tweeted that I think David and Ken are safe and it's going to be Jessica, Cece, or Lucy. And those are the three people that had votes, so... Um, we don't have a bell like on Rob as a podcast, but I thought that was pretty freaking awesome that I, I called it about 40 minutes into the episode, who would get the votes and, um, a little jockeying back and forth. And, you know, Ken and David are still trying to, you know, get the girls over. And I was curious that Ken didn't vote with David. Do you think there's a bit of a riff there? Or do you think he just wanted to show solidarity with the women? Why do you think Ken didn't vote with, uh, David and Cece? Either I don't know. I almost, 
I almost wonder if David didn't tell Ken that he was – obviously Ken knows that he has the idol. Maybe he didn't tell him that he was going to play it. So then Ken just tried to maybe save like a little bit of faith and just ended up going for Jessica knowing the rest of the tribe was going to go that way or at least the majority was. But, um, yeah, I don't really think it was so much of a disagreement between him and David. I think if he – I think had he known that David was for sure playing the idol, I would imagine he would have voted for Lucy just to make sure that was going to be the outcome. And Ken could have wanted it more, or uh, David might have wanted it more dramatic that he could have nullified more votes. So maybe he may even be upset. He probably just needed CCs to make sure it was at least two to one. <laughs> That's um, yeah, yeah. Maybe he was super fan. I was super, like, this could be a bigger move to make. <laughs> and knowing David, he's a he's a screen he's a TV screenwriter. Maybe he thought about that, or maybe he wanted Ken to look worse, and maybe him look better to Jessica. When yeah, he talk or, about or maybe it. I mean maybe he was just flip-flopping in his mind the entire tribal council too and just at that last minute it was like you know what i'm gonna play it maybe he went in there thinking he wasn't but then he changed his mind yeah well, yeah it could have been intentional to not show his allegiance as much with cc and dave but um i really hope jessica now what do you think is going to be the aftermath like we're we haven't seen a whole lot yet but at the gen x camp after this vote how do you think uh the dynamics are going to be between everybody when they get back from that vote and there's only seven of them left. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a mess. Like, I can't imagine Jessica will feel too smart after just shutting Ken and David completely down. Like, no, you guys are out of your mind. Like, you know, on a vote for CC and then to be – I mean, the look on her face was pretty much said it all. She just had no idea. And it was kind of almost funny to see, like, you know, told you so. But I'm, I think she kind of, you know, saw the writing on the wall quite literally there and knows that, you know, I was duped. So I got to – I mean, pretty much right now, I, I think David owns her vote. I mean, I don't think she will trust anybody but him, if, if anybody. I think she's kind of right now probably feels pretty on her own as far as the tribe dynamics go. For the uh, for the numbers, are you thinking that it'll then be Jess? Well, right now, I guess Jess, Cece, David, and Ken can do whatever they want. Right. I mean, yeah, we kind of know they're probably swapping, but I think if they were to stay the way they are, they'd definitely be the for personal alliance that comes out of it. Then I, I mean, yeah, I mean, how could you, how could Jessica immediately go back to Chris, Brett, and Sunday having just voted for? Um, that's an odd thing too. I, I noticed that they really didn't show Sunday's thoughts at all, and we kind of, I kind of gathered that maybe she and Jessica were pretty tight. Maybe end up being Sunday and Lucy were more of the, the pair there. But we kind of, I was surprised that we got no explanation about Sunday being pretty quick to, you know, turn her back on Jessica. I think she, I think Sunday felt closer to the guys, and I mean, she already said she felt like she was cheating on him by True. going against him. So maybe there, maybe she felt better. If you were there, Sherry or Ryan, and you're Jessica or and David and Ken and Cece, if they lose again, who would you get rid of and why, and who would you keep and why from the three on the bottom? Between wow. Brett, Chris, Sherry, you want and this one? <laughs> yeah, Sherry, you want to get your two cents in on this? Oh man, I don't know. I it's certainly not going to be Chris, and I don't think it's going to be Sunday. Um, and if you keep the numbers, I mean, if you. The thing is, the tribe isn't going to look like that after next week because they're going to 
There's a swap looming, yeah. Right, there's a swap. So it's not going to look like that next week. If the track was going to remain the same, it wouldn't be Chris. I I I would probably have to go after Sunday simply because of process of elimination. Not that she's really done that much wrong. That's but, what I would do. Yeah, I mean, keeping the Chris and Brett for their strength and also knowing that, you know, at this point, Chris, Brett, and Sunday probably are all going to not be super loyal to the other Gen X people. So I would personally want Chris and Brett around at the merge to be bigger targets, while well as if you kept Sunday around, she's probably going to flip anyway or most likely to flip, and she's also going to fly to the radar as kind of being an older woman. So I think it'd probably be smarter to take out someone like her versus Chris and Brett who will be bigger targets later. Right. Interesting. I, I see both of your points. I, I think if I was there, um, I would want Chris out to break up Chris and Brett because and, I think he'd be big, you know, a threat to actually win the challenges. But I see why you would want to keep him so he's a, more of a focal point. But I would try to get him, especially if the merge, I was pretty sure the merge was going to happen. And the individual stuff, I think he might be one of the most dangerous for anything physical, even if it's an endurance or – you know, stuff well, in the water. That, you've got a good strong. point there. Yeah, you've yeah. got a good point there. That's that's using, using but I, your I brain, see, too. And I see the validity in what you're saying, though, for for certain, because that um, there's a lot of different ways they got to figure out, and maybe they win and they don't have to worry about it, but it seems like if I was a betting man, which I have been, I think Generation X in its current status is probably not going to be there. But if it was, I think they're probably going to lose some more. Their morale's down, their their skills seem down, and I don't know. And it's all splintered too. I mean, there's just been so many different back and forth with but with both. It's kind of just they're just a just mess of a tribe. <laughs> yep. And the, the whole episode's title we'll get back to briefly was who's the sucker at the table and uh chris was talking about that and i think they were they all got suckered into david's great play and people were talking online one of the best best idol plays i'll still go with kelly wentworth in cambodia i just loved that was definitely the most fun to watch yeah (laughs) for nullifying what nine votes i think or something insane five's a good number though to Definitely, and no one, no one saw that coming. The only one that even knew about the idol was Ken. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But as as crazy as Lucy got, and as intense as she was, I thought her exit interview was, you know, very, you know, well. From my, there's been 500 people get voted out, or almost 500, and there's been some really butthurt people. But I think Lucy really she handled it well in the exit interview. It seemed like the I haven't heard her interviews today, but it seemed, you know, she didn't wasn't too flipping out too much. And even Ken she was like, She wow, recognized her like, errors right away. She yeah. knew what her mistake was immediately. And I, I commend her for that. Yeah, and she owned it and she took it she took it well and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, so there's nothing she can really do about it. Um Maybe she'll be invited back to play again. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, there's been a variety of people that have, and some of them with uh, pretty shallow and weak resumes. So 
Uh, plus no, I, think I think it's safe. Very... They, they probably won't ever see Lucy again. <laughs> I doubt it. Even with her limited uh, limited pool of people in her uh, demographic, I think there's some more dynamic <laughs> people that might might make it. I, she made she made. Um, well, I'm trying to make the connection. I can't even think about it. Survivor South Pacific. I'm having a brain fart. Um, Edna. She made Edna seem dynamic to me. So who knows? Oh yeah. So, we'll, so do you we'll guys feel like there. it's early for a merge? Oh, I don't think it's I don't, merge. No, that's that'd be way too early. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get like a two or three episode swap, and then the merge because there's, I think they'll merge. What's the biggest they've merged with is 13. So if they, yeah. if they get rid of two more, and I bet we're gonna have one of these weeks. Before the merge, I would imagine it'll be a double vote. We may even have a double vote pre-merge and post-merge, where you know both tribes are going to tribal council. I'm almost certain that would be this week or next. I just, I really think they're gonna. They've got 20 people, and there were no meta. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely have to. Unless, yeah, unless someone gets meta back, they get they have to plan for at least one double vote. So I think that's coming, but I agree there'll be a swap, and then. Um, what would be some of your ideal fantasy matchups, both of you, if um, the Millennials and Gen X, you know, got mixed around? What would be some grouping you'd really love to see, and what is something that you know you'd hate to see? Um, Taylor and I think I, I would like to see I like, I like to see Zeke, Adam, like and Ken and David kind of all get together just because they're all on the bottom, or at least four on the bottom of their tribes. Or that'd be kind of a cool. Alliance. See, they're, plus they're probably like my four favorites at this point, so I'd like to kind of see them. Hopefully they all work together versus end up working against each other, but we'll kind of see. I would love to see that. I would, too. You said Zeke, Adam, um, David, and Ken. Ken and David, yeah. Yeah. The problem with that, that would be like a smaller tribe, you know, that kind of puts them at risk of losing and having to go each other out, but who knows. That would be perfect. It probably won't be like that. <laughs> No, it never is. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I will probably case... see. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I just have a worst case scenario, so I'll do that after your point now. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I, I think we're probably going to see Figgy and Taylor split up, and we'll have to see that heartbreak for all of us. I'm sure. But that'll probably be the only other story going on. Well, be interesting to see. I mean, just all the different dynamics because I mean, especially with Gen X. I mean with so many people kind of up in the air and very, very loose loyalty on that tribe. I, I feel like, I feel like the millennials are just going to just like crush the Gen X continually because I think the Gen X is going to be such a disheveled, disoriented group that the millennials are just going to kind of watch them all turn on each other and the merge will probably end up, you know, millennial dominated and kind of, I, I, I kind of, I would have guessed maybe a millennial winning from the couple early episodes. I think right now, just the way things are going, I can't really see, Gen X really pull them off, unless maybe Ken or maybe even David sneaks in there. But I think I think Gen X is definitely their problems are not over. Yeah, I would. Um, if I had to put money on it, yeah, the millennials. I, I'm pretty sure a millennial is gonna, as of right now, is most likely to win or do extremely well. I think it's gonna be a bloodbath for the rest of these people. Um, and worst case scenario for me would be like. Chris and Sunday with like Figgy and Taylor. I would just be, uh, it would just be people I don't like to watch all together. And I would hope they would lose and just somehow hope they all ball go home at the same time. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'll be happy with any tribe as long as the people that I kind of am rooting for don't end up getting screwed over in a minority. I would agree. Uh, Sherry, where are you going into the future? What do you want to see? I mean, you agreed with uh, the dream scenario. Any other scenarios you'd like to see? that I'd we'd love to see those four work together. Absolutely, absolutely love to see that. You know, I'm just wondering if we're going to see the Young and the Restless storyline with, you know, Taylor and Figgy split up, you know, and have that soap opera storyline go on with Survivor, you know. Taylor and, and Ziggy are split, you know. <laughs> I would love to see that because I, I want to see Jay and I don't like them all four together, but I, you know, Jay with Michelle and Taylor, I don't, I don't have that much problem with it. Just somehow Figgy and all of it together, it just, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to experience it. I don't want to talk about it on our podcast. Yeah, they've, they've kind of like just driven it. It's really just like, you know, the biggest millennial story at this point where it's just like you're kind of, I mean, I was sick of that after episode one, but kind of that being the main driver of episode two as well. You're just kind of, yeah, we'll switch one of them where we wrote it out. That way the story just ends and it kind of goes on to other stories where it's just constantly being, you know, going back to what's new with Taylor and Figgy, like nothing, but it's, they're still together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just their arrogance with it. If they weren't so arrogant, they were just, I mean, if they're in love, great, but just the arrogance that they're showing everyone else, that's what I dislike the most. It's just, uh, Taylor's like, I'm just going to play the game I want to play. And I'm like, I hope you get blown up so hard. Like, it's not just, <laughs> you know, I'm strategic and I, I regret that I like this girl so much. He's just being too brazen about it. And he hasn't gotten burned. Like they went for Mari and I'm not a gamer, but I thought Mari was a lot more interesting. And I, I would like to see her play, not, you know, the like. I love that young and restless. Great job, Sherry. That's a that's a good assessment of it. They're young and they're restless, or no, they're not restless <laughs> enough. I don't know. I just don't like it. I guess I'm too ancient in my Gen X ways. I just it's just rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> it's that soap opera effect, though. You know, that's that's what they are. Is like a soap opera on Survivor and. That's no Survivor is no place for a soap opera. I don't want to see a soap opera on Survivor. I want to see Survivor on Survivor. You know. From talking to the cast members at Rodney's event, Mike Holloway was really like so disgusted with them making out and stuff. He was just talking about how nasty it is out there, and I I can't even imagine in even the four day game in Maine, Ryan. Would you, can you imagine anyone making out among those people? You play oh, we all were. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, every night, right? <laughs> Big party. Everyone's making no, out I mean, with was, I mean, No, I wouldn't. I mean, I think after like a day, your breath kind of stinks, so that that'd probably be pretty appealing to me. Your breath stinks. You know, you know, the right, the right, if the right girl came along, I mean, I'm not going to say no either. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Well, we'll see. Well, um, I, I was... Uh, from the Twitter game, we almost had a Dirty 30 guest, and I'll stay on that individual. I won't say who they were. Um, it's unfortunate that they were a strong possibility and then just didn't get back to me at all. It's uh, it's upsetting, but I'll stay with that person, and maybe they'll be back, and we'll get another Dirty 30 member. We've had a, several of them on the show, so I wanted to 
get get a, get another one, but we'll, we'll see. And uh, we had also invited another person that had been in DWSC, but we didn't give them a lot of notice. So I'll keep inviting Spencer. Um, we've had Cass and other people from Cagayan and Cambodia. So maybe we'll get Spencer at some point because he's just such a good student of the game and fan. So I thought it would have been ideal. Plus, he and Ryan kicked butt and took names. Um, being on the which tribe were you on? I'm having a brain fart. The purple tribe. But what was your name? You don't remember our name? Our name was like the coolest name ever. It's Opa. Opa. Yeah. Sorry. I'm having yeah, a senior. It was the red moment. tribe, the green tribe, and then it was Opa. <laughs> Owasso, Opa, and um, Sawa was the other one. Sawa. Wow, I'm a horrible producer. It's been a long week. <laughs> I, I was a whirlwind, and I came right back to work, but. Wanted to talk about Rodney Bowl briefly, if you guys want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got it was a fun, it. fun event. Um, I didn't fundraise enough to go to their Friday party, so I didn't get to do that with. They all went and saw Bruno Mars at a casino, or a lot of the the reality stars. But I had got to do a fun thing with my girlfriend and Steve Pickett, Brandon Donlin, Merch Jaffer. Uh, Richard Monta and two of my friends of mine, Michael Payne and his wife Jeanette, we ate dinner with, um, is it Jim from True Grit? Oh, uh, Jim Bagrica. Yeah, yeah we, we, we had dinner with his wife, and uh, one of their family friends works at this great Italian restaurant, so I had seafood scampi, which was phenomenal. So that was Friday, and then Saturday morning, American we went to Grit. Harvard. Huh? American Grit. Yeah, American Grit, yeah. Sorry, True Grit's that, that uh, Western with That's John a Western, Wayne. yeah. Sorry. I know I know Jim back. Okay, he is amazing. He is such a great guy. I adore him. So I'm glad you, you guys got to meet him and, and have dinner with him. He is such a great guy. He was he was a lot of fun and I got a picture with him the next night. I need I've watched uh, Expedition Impossible. I just haven't watched American Grit, so I'll go back and watch that. Then Saturday, we uh, we went and did some sightseeing in Boston. Got to go to Harvard, go around. I took a picture where Linda Spencer works from Survivor Africa. She actually was out of town, or she would have been the 448th Survivor I met. Uh, we got to go to the Cheers Bar briefly. That place was very crowded. Um, and to Fenway Park. And while I was at Harvard's campus, we went to Berkland Hall House. And if you're not familiar with that, that's where Mark Zuckerberg, his sophomore year in in college, created Facebook. So I had to make sure I put something on Facebook where Facebook was created. So that was a lot of fun. Wow. And then we went to bowl, and I didn't even know who I was going to bowl with, but I got to bowl with um, – a girl from the Amazing Race for a while until her group showed up, and then Joaquin, who I hadn't seen since January, and he was just really excited because I had dropped, I think it was 125 or 130 pounds for from um, from just you know eight nine months ago. So he was really excited, bowled well. I was really getting the spin on my bowling ball going, but I wasn't consistent, so I I didn't win any of the games, but I definitely. Bold well, and then we had a Q and A, um, and we podcast. So I didn't really ask any questions. I was just listening to the other fans ask questions. And there was a bit of a break, got some local food, and then we had a party 
dancing party that night, and then, you know, Sunday, I got to go up to Maine and see, I wanted to take my girlfriend to show where we do the Durham Warriors Survival Challenge, so we got to go around and see that, and the sights, and anytime I get to spend with the Crowleys, I thoroughly enjoy it, so... It was a fun whirlwind trip, and then came back Monday, and then been at work since, and just getting ready for this uh, marathon. So, I don't know. That was pretty. Oh, that's been a pretty crazy week then. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, we had a we did the show Ryan last week later than normal because of a bonfire I, we do on campus for our homecoming, and then right after that, I drove three hours. I didn't drive. I rode in a car for three hours. I was going to say, correction, I drove. Sorry. (laughs) I didn't sleep, though, on the way up there. Hi, Isabel. I rode in the car and then did the podcast, and then we got a few hours of sleep, and then we flew out of Cleveland because the prices are phenomenal on JetBlue out of Cleveland. If you're booking a flight, fly out of Cleveland and fly on JetBlue. Just don't do it when we're trying to fly because we need to see but yeah, what a, it was a fun weekend. Got to see a lot of reality stars, and they're all they're all shocked to see me. And Isabel, what was your first uh, big charity event like with uh, a bunch of reality people, fans, and the people from the shows? How did you? What was your experience like? It was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was excited to bowl. You know, I'm not like a super fan. I recognized more Amazing Race people than I did Survivor. I'm trying to. I'm slowly getting into it. I started season five today. Um, wow, that's pretty prolific. Yes. You've been through, she's been through four seasons in only about what a month. So. Weeks, yeah. I have, I have two monitors at work, so my second monitor, you know, the bottom half I have it, and then you know, kind of <laughs> semi watch as I do my work. Um, well, hopefully your boss is monitoring that. So we'll see. Don't get in trouble. Oh please. Uh, I'm not the only one. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully they're watching Survivor at work, not some other crappy TV show no. that we don't report no. on here. But we, Sherry, we, I did get a picture with Michelle Costa, and uh, I'll send that to you. We, I thought Louie was going to be there, too, but I think he changed. It would have been nice to get a picture of all three of uh, the, the Rad Reality Network's hosts currently, but didn't happen, so... Sorry, but I'll send you the picture with That's Michelle. Okay. It was great to see her. And I hadn't seen her since Virginia, right. but she was really shocked. I guess it's it's intense for these people to see me, even though I post pictures all the time. Um, walking in Friday to see everyone before they went to the Bruno Mars thing, I was got so many hugs, and people were just shocked. So it was it's always great to make people happy and let them know that you know this journey is continuing and their support. Is important. I'm so happy for you. She told me that you guys did get a picture, and I'm I can't wait to see it. So, and she's going to be having a big guest coming up on this Monday show. Um, I, I can go ahead and announce it now. She's oh, going to sure. be having Victor Arroyo from Big Brother 18 coming up on this Monday's. Manic Monday show, so it's going to be a big, big Manic Monday show this Monday with Victor from Big Brother 18. So he was extremely popular this weekend, Sherry. He got more questions than anybody. So 
Hannah and James and yeah. Emily, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> something other than Big I Brother. Yeah. I'll probably call in Sherry because I sponsored him. I didn't get to hang out and talk to him a whole lot, but I'll definitely try to call in on Monday and support uh, support her show and say some stuff. But Victor was a great presence there. He seemed like a really cool guy. Um, I, I liked Thank him on the show Thank you so much for sponsoring things, right? him. Oh, no. It was uh, my pleasure to help the charity, and it was cool to meet James finally, and Natalie was um, a lovely woman. The only person I really wanted to see who wasn't there was Paul, but maybe somewhere down the road I'll meet him and we'll form our own friendship. We'll see. There you go. But well, I I'm really glad any... you got to go to that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a real treat, and we're. I talked to Michelle Fitzgerald, winner of uh, Korong, and we were trying to line up a show, but she's going to Africa for a couple weeks with Anna Kate, so I'll try to get them oh, wow. both on when they're back from Africa, but I will, did we announce on the 27th, um, we have our first person from Korong coming on, Neil, um, Neil Gottlieb, and he'll be here, and I can't wait to talk to him about his opinion on the show and his banter with a lot of the jury, his, his interesting game and journey. And uh, three twins ice cream. So we'll have all kinds of. Well, we we don't we'll do an official ad like Sherry said. We don't do ads and commercials on here. But if we can help sell some more three twins ice cream and help Neil out, it's delicious. I've had it, and hopefully we have a great show. And I get somebody else from Co Wrong with with him. So I'm really trying to get Nick. I'm gonna tweet him some and see if I can get Nick on with Neil. I think they'd have an amazing show because they're offline and on show. Rivalry is just epic, and I think it'll be a fun, dynamic hour if they're both on. So, Absolutely. That's all we'll I know. I promote things that people are doing. We just don't do commercials, you know, that take time out of our show. So, oh, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll promote things that, you know, reality stars are doing all day long. Um, any charity events or anything that reality stars are doing, that's what we're all about. So we'll promote anything that reality stars are doing and help them out in any way we can. So if we can help them out with um, as ice cream, definitely we'll do that. And uh, we Ooh. may even try to make a clip that uh, we can get off of that show and, and play it occasionally on our Survivor shows. So Okay. Um. We're about ready to wrap this one up, though. So, anything else that you want to have for tonight? I don't think so. I'd like to thank uh, Ryan for his uh, for stopping by and giving us his uh, opinions on the show and talking about that amazing event in Maine. And if you're a male, female, any age, please apply for DWSC 2017. It was competitive casting and we want it to be even more competitive especially if you're a woman uh we had a lot of guys apply and we want a lot of guys to apply this year but we need a few good women so women please apply i have to ask ryan a a quick question before we go ryan have you been applying to get on survivor um i will be this year (laughs) yeah awesome but, but no, not in the past. Is that because yet. of your age? No, I'm mean, I'm 24. I just haven't put my name in yet, so I just ah okay. I'm waiting. But no, it feels I'm, I feel I'm I'm good to go now. <laughs> You're ready, huh? 
you did your your pre survivor and got that went out out of the yeah, way and now you're ready to go on and win survivor. Training, I would say so having that in my back pocket, uh, yeah, I'm ready to bring home the million <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay, I wondered I wanted to ask you that before we let you go, um, if you had been applying to get on survivor or or not. So. Now we know. Now we know that you're going to be applying, and we might see you on Survivor in an upcoming maybe. <laughs> season. So maybe the two of you will be on the same season. You never know. We'll talk off the air, know. Ryan, about how we could dominate this thing together if we both make it. So good luck. <laughs> Fans' favorites three. Um, Love to see you out there, man. They are, they are, they are due. They do every like 16, 26, 36 coming up. So maybe that's what, that's what I'm thinking. But we'll see what the powers that be. Maybe they want another uh, millennials know. versus Gen X. Who knows? Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't tell if you guys have a final two. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really yeah, enjoyed your, uh, your your comments and, and input on the show, and uh, you. hope you come back and join us again sometime. Yeah, anytime. Just give me a call or shoot me a message. All right. We're going to wrap tonight's show up with Ron, as we always do. Um, everybody remember to join us on Monday for Manic Monday with Michelle Costa at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and we're going to have Victor from Big Brother 18 with us this Monday. That's going to be a great show, so make sure you're here for that one. Here is Ryan to take us out for the night. Take care, everybody. Good night. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. It's always a great one with Mike and the Mike. Say good night, Mike. Good night, Mike. <laughs> good night, everybody. Be kind to each other out there. And that's a wrap for us tonight.